All right. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Good. You guys good? All right. All right. Well, listen, it's great to see you. So glad you're here today with us at New Life Church. And a special day, special Sunday as we conclude our church-wide 21-day prayer and fast. How many of you are glad to say that that's over with? As far as some of the fasting stuff, you're like, whoa. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna change gears after uh, after our uh, time with the in the Word, and then we're gonna gonna switch things over. We're gonna have a time of fellowship. A lot of you have graced us with um, some food and things, so we're gonna take time to fellowship with one another. I hope you can stay. If if you're here today and you didn't know we were gonna be having any kind of food uh, afterwards, I don't want you to feel awkward. But we invite you to stay. All right, you didn't have to bring something to stick around. Uh, just hang out with us, fellowship, get to know a few folks, and um, and see how how much that uh, benefits your life. And so, again, we're going to do that a little bit later on, right after service. All right, about three o'clock, we should be eating. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Teasing. We got to be out of here by three o'clock. They got other things going on in this building. So, so I better get to I better get to getting. All right. Listen. Let me invite you to open your Bibles up with me this morning to Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Yeah. God bless you, Habakkuk. Uh, if you'll go to Matthew and go back about four books, about 20 pages or so, you'll find Habakkuk, all right? Um, that might be a little bit easier for you if you're not used to where he is hidden at in the Bible. But Habakkuk chapter 2. Um, some of you aren't even turning there. You're like, I, don't care. I can't even find it. I don't know where it is. I don't know. I'm just going to watch the screen. I'm just going to look at the screen. So <laughs> it will be on there. Just another minute. Today's um, I'm going to be sharing some things from the Word that uh, obviously help us, but at the same time, I'm going to be paralleling some things uh, as it relates to our church as a whole and sharing vision and uh, and thoughts about this about this new year as well as about the future of our church and New Life Church. And so, God, how many of you believe that God has a plan for your life? Amen. How many of you believe God has a plan for our church? Amen. If he has a plan for your life, he has a plan for our church because the church is not about a building. The church is about people. Amen. And, uh, and if you've been around me long enough, I don't have grandiose ideas about a building or space. I have big ideas about seeing God change people. Amen. That's what I want to see happen in all of our lives. Amen. So that's what, this, that's what today's about, sharing God's plan, God's vision for the life of New Life Church, which includes you. So Habakkuk chapter 2, let's look at these verses he says, I will climb to my watchtower, and I will stand at my guard post, and there I will wait to see what the Lord says, and how he will answer my complaint. And then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. Everyone say vision. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word that is life-giving, life-transforming. And it is guidance and direction for our life. In your word contains the framework to build a life 
that honors and glorifies you and fulfilling our purpose on this planet. So today, I pray, speak to us, O oh God. May our ears be open and attentive. May our hearts be soft and receptive. And as a church body today, help us, O oh God, to have expectancy and anticipation and hope about what lies ahead. And may we be like Paul to press on towards that high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Today, Holy Spirit, inspire us and stir us up with life, with vision, with hope, with inspiration, and with revival in our souls to help us to love you and to reach people for the kingdom of God. We ask this now in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. Amen. Today I've titled today's message, A New Year, Vision for the Future. Vision for the Future. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, that says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And that word perish, it describes it. It means this. It means to loosen or to let go. And it also means to cast off restraint. So there in Proverbs 29, it says, Where there is no vision, the people let go, and they are not able to hold on. So what that means is this. Look at this statement here. It says, Lacking vision for life, it leads to not being able to hold steady and hold fast toward what God is calling us. Because vision speaks of what lies ahead in front of us, the future of what is possible with God. And if we lack vision, Proverbs 29 says, then we aren't able to hold on to anything, meaning that if we don't have vision, we have nothing to put our life in to move forward in. And so it's important to have vision for our life. It's important to know that God has a vision, that God has a plan, and God has a purpose for every single one of our lives, and in so doing, he has a purpose, a vision for our church. Vision is this. It's a picture of a, of a foreseeable and attainable future. Sometimes we think of the word vision, and sometimes it can scare us. It can, it can kind of intimidate us, if you will. Vision's not an intimidating word, or at least it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be invigorating. It's supposed to be inspiring. It's supposed to build some hope and some, and some life within us, some expectancy about what lies ahead. So it's a picture of a foreseeable and attainable future. It is a, it's a what's possible with God. Its vision is the power of what can be and what should be. That's how it's supposed to be viewed and looked at. I recently read a story. There was a school district in San Francisco. And what they did, they did a, an experiment with some teachers and some students. And what they did is they, they picked their three best teachers, and they gathered them together in their office, and they said, listen, we're going to give you 90 high IQ students, and we're, we're going to allow you to teach them for one school year, and at the end of that school year, then we're going to measure their results. Well, at the end of the school year, the results shot up. Those, high, those 90 high IQ students that they selected scored 20 and 30 percent above everyone else. 
So everybody was pretty happy with those results. So the administrators called the teachers back into their office, and they said, listen, we're, we're great to see the progress that was made. It's really good progress, but here's the thing. We got a, we got a confession to make. <clears throat> they said, we didn't give you 90 high IQ students. We gave you 90 run-of-the-mill students. Well, the teachers then, man, they were feeling real good about themselves. And they said, we have another confession to make. You weren't the best three teachers in our school district. You were just the first three names out of a hat. And that story goes on to tell us this meaning. The implication is this. It, they, they, those administrators cast a vision of what was possible, of what could be. See, they didn't tell them where they were. They didn't tell them what they, what, where the position and the condition in which they were in. They said, no, here's what we're going to do. This is what can happen. The power of what can be and what should be. Friends, that's what vision does for us. It excites us. It builds a hope. It builds an understanding and awareness that, man, it, whatever it is today, it's not going to always be this way if I have some vision for the future of what God is able to do with my life and what God is able to do with our church, what God is able to do with my family, what God is able to do with whatever I have. That's what vision does. Helen Keller, you know Helen Keller, you've heard about her. She was quoted for, and noted for saying this, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Think about that. You're blessed with sight, but the worst thing is having no vision, having no foreseeable outlook about the future of your life, about the future of our church, about the future of God's kingdom and God's cause and God's purpose in which he wants to do and how he wants to accomplish that. That builds excitement. That builds hope within our life. We've been studying this scripture, Isaiah 43, 19. Right here, God speaks, and uh, he, says, he said this. He said, I will do a new thing. He said, now it shall spring forth, and shall you not know it? Even He said, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And we've been looking at that, and we've been looking at the word new, that God says, I will do a new thing. That literally means fresh of this year. So you can read it as this way. God says, I will do a fresh thing in your life this year. And he said, right now, I'm ready to do it. But he says, do you not know it? And the word know there means perceive. And so we can look at that scripture and say, God says, I will do a fresh thing. I want to do a fresh thing in your life this year. But can you get a vision for it? Can you envision that I really want to do something? Can you begin to dream? Can you begin to be inspired? Can you begin to allow your, your mind and your thoughts and your heart to leap and jump for joy, believing that God is greater than anything you face right now? Can you have that kind of anticipation that whatever is going on in your world, in our world right now, that God has greater things planned? Because he always comes out on top, and we, 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 have the, we have the ending. It's no spoiler alert, but we win. We win. And I know at times when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the thick of it, when you're right in the heart of something, it's hard to remember that you win. 
But God says that's why you got to have vision. you got to remember to keep vision before you because it keeps drawing you forward. It helps empower you to keep taking steps and not going backwards but going forward. That's what vision does for us. And that's what God says here in 4319 Isaiah, I will do a fresh thing in your life this year, but can you envision it? And he said, if you question how I'm even going to do it, he said, look, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He said, I'll put some pathways where it doesn't make sense to put pathways. I'll put an ability where it doesn't seem like there's an ability. I'll make a way where there seems to be no way because I am the way maker. And if you will believe me and you will have vision for what I can do in your life, then I will make things happen in you and for you. So, but you got to get vision. you gotta, you got to call out to me. you got to want what I want for you more than what you want for you. Amen. you got to want what I want, God says. And here's the thing about vision. It's God's vision for our life. It will stretch us. God's vision for our life and our church, it will stretch us. And it stretches us because it makes us depend more on Him. Have you ever been faced with something that you really were unclear or unsure as to how in the world you could actually do it? Been given such a task or such a problem or such a situation, and you're like, man, this is, I don't know how I'm going to be able to, to, to do this. That's where God wants us to be. And, but the thing is, with God, with God's vision, he doesn't leave us in that position of always questioning and wondering, how in the world am I even going to do what you want, God? How can my life or my family or my finances or anything else ever line up with what you envision He says, because here's what I'm going to do. I will make a road in the wilderness, and I will make rivers in the desert, meaning I will give you the ability to fulfill the vision I have for your life. See, when God gives us a vision, it stretches us, makes us dependent on him more and more. That's where he wants us to be. But then God supplies, God's intention is he supplies the ability, the strength, the wisdom, the resources, the people, the relationship, the opportunity to make it happen and achieve what he envisions for our life. So God's vision for our life stretches us, but then he also supplies us with the ability to achieve it. So think about your life right now. Think about your life. Do you have a God-sized vision for your life, for your family? Do you have a God-sized vision for your marriage? Do you have a God-sized vision for your children? Do you have a God-sized vision for your finances? Think about your life. Do you have a God-sized vision for your education? Do you have a God-sized vision for your career, or as I like to call it, as God calls it, your calling. You see, God has a vision for your whole entire life. Every aspect, every part, every component, God has vision for it. But he puts it on us to pursue him and ask him and What do you have, God? What is your will? What is your purpose? What is your vision for my life? How do you see my life becoming? 
And then if that's how you see my life becoming, then God help me to be what you see my life becoming. Vision. Where there is none, we perish. We let go. We cast off restraint. We have nothing in which to latch onto and hold onto that will move us, pull us, drive us, push us, propel us forward. That's what vision does. I want you to see vision in a new life, in a new way. So how do we get vision for our life? How, how, do, we, how do we discover what God's will, what God's vision is? What is he wanting to do? How, what, n- not just a job. Not just to get married, not just to have some children, right? Not just to have some money to buy some food and kind of go through life. Now, what is God's real intention, God's big dream and vision for our life? How do we get it? I think we follow what Habakkuk did. We follow his example. There's really four things in these three scriptures that stick out. And again, I'm going to parallel these with our church and talk about the vision of, of New Life Church at the same time. But let's look at it. Can you throw that scripture back up? Can you go back a few slides to the first one? Habakkuk. Awesome. First thing there, he says, the first thing I will do, because here's Habakkuk. Let me just tell you this. Habakkuk is, 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 he's in need of some answers. He's in need. This is one of God's mouthpieces of his generation. And he's needing to know, what God do you have to say about the condition of, of, our, of, our, of our nation, of your people? And what do you want to do with us? What, what, what is it that you have in mind? What's your vision for us? And here, here's what Habakkuk did. He said, well, this is how I'm going to find out. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is this. He said, I will climb up to my watchtower, and I will stand guard at my post. So the first thing you and I need to understand, if we're going to obtain vision from God and get God, a God-sized vision for our life and what God sees fit for us, then we need to first look up to him. How are we going to get a God-sized vision if we don't first look to the one who can give it to us, who is God? Right? So the very first thing we, you and I need to make sure our life is set on is that, hey, this year I will seek the Lord first and foremost above anybody else's input and opinion. Before I go trying to figure out what anybody else has to say on TV what any of the talk shows have to say about life in America and church and religion and all that. I want to know what does God have to say about my life. I will look up. Amen? If you don't first look to him, friend, you're looking in the wrong places, and you're always going to be looking in the wrong places, and you'll never find what God's vision is for you. You'll never know the capability, the probability, the possibility of what can be and should be happening in your life if you don't first look up to the Lord. Habakkuk said, I will climb up, I will look up, I will go up to the one who has the answer for my life, who has the answer for my people. So friend, that's where you and I have to start. It all starts and it all ends with God. He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. He's the first and He's the last. He's the beginning and He's the ending. He knows what He sees and He knows what can happen, but we have to seek Him, we have to go to Him first, right? Then the second thing he said is this. He said, I will wait to see what the Lord says. There's a play on words there. I will wait to see what he says. I know we often say that 
in general terms, well, I'm just going to wait and see what they have to say. Basically, what we're saying is this. I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to sit and wait and, and, and hear what it is they have to tell me. But listen to the way Isaiah says it, and the way we often say those things is, I will wait to see, vision, what God says. God wants you and I to see. He wants you to see what is possible. He wants you to see what is, he is capable of doing in your life, with your life, with our church. He wants us to see it. Friends, if you can't first see it in your own mind before seeing it happen in real life, then you'll never get to where God wants you to get and be who he wants you to be. You'll never have what he wants you to have, and you will never do what he wants you to do. You've got to first pray, look up, and ask God, what are you saying? Help me to see it. Help me to see it in my eyes, in my heart, in my mind. In other words, Habakkuk saying, I will wait on God's vision for my life before I try to start manufacturing and fabricating and putting together all my efforts and energy and, and, and treasure and finances into something, then I want to first seek God. What do you have to say? What is your vision for my life? I'm not going to go 10 years in the wrong thing, in the wrong direction, with the wrong person, and it, and it all just blow up because I wasn't patient to wait and to see what does God have to say to me. What is God's vision? What is his vision? Well, I like to look at this verse. It's, I call it the 2020 vision verse. It's 2 Chronicles 2020. I think God likes to humor us sometimes just to help us know that, hey, he's really got this. Look at what 2 Chronicles 20.20 20 says. It's the 2020 vision verse. He says, believe, the, the scripture says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Now, Pastor Rick shared that verse back at the beginning of the month on January 3rd with us. We had a little chuckle about the way he said that. It's a little funny if you, were, if you were here and you remember that. But he says basically this. He said, if you want your life to stand firm and you want to succeed, then he says, believe in what God has to say about your life. If you want to stand firm, you want to be well established in your walk, well established in your family, well established as a believer, and you want to succeed in this world, Succession, succeeding, don't tie that to the earthly materialistic side. It can certainly have some of that going on. But the succession and succeeding in the kingdom of God is loving Jesus with our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving other people the way we love ourselves. That's the way Jesus broke it down. He said everything else hinges on those two things. Love me with everything in you and help to love other people the way you love yourself. In so doing, you're going to help them to love me too. He said, that's what I call success. 
And then there's all, all kinds of other things on this planet that, we get, that, can, that God says, yeah, that'll fit there, that'll fit there, that can come and play there, that can come and play there, that's all cool. You can enjoy that while you're on this earth, no big deal, no problem, just so as long, hey, you first love me and you, be, and you work on loving other people and you help people to know me. So he says, the 2020 vision verse, believe in the Lord your God. Believe in what he says, your life will be established and you can succeed. So, what is God saying, friends? What is God speaking to you? We've been in a 21-day prayer and fast. And at the very beginning of this year, again, we had that, that Sunday where we, we prayed over everyone, we laid hands on everyone, a lot of prophetic words were given out and given to you. What has God been speaking to you over these last 21 days? Because I guarantee you God is speaking. But it's really a matter, are we listening? Are we listening? What is God saying? Well, I want to share with you just a, um, a snapshot of what God is saying to us as a church. These, these words were given out on uh, January 3rd at that service. And I'm going to show them to you on the screen. It's not everything. It's just a small uh, summary of it. And it's what, this is what the Lord is saying to us. He said this, New Life Church is called to be a house of dreams and visions, encounters with God and a gate of heaven which is the presence of God. This place will be a place in this city where people will come and they too will sense an awareness of my presence, says God. You will have a reputation for this. If there's anything to have a reputation for, friend, it's to have the reputation that God's presence is here. We can be known for a whole lot of things, but man, I sure really want to be known that when people come to our church, they know and sense the presence of God. He says, I am restoring this. A shift is taking place to bring this about. My hand will be upon those who say to the Lord, here I am. So if you want God's hand to be on your life this year, it's up to you, it's up to us, it's up to me to say, hey, God, here I am. Here I am, I'm willing I'm earnest, I'm sincere. And God knows our imperfections. He's not even worried about that. He knows we're not perfect. So don't let that stuff keep you back. Don't let your imperfections and your frailties and your faults hold you down. You let Jesus deal with you. Let the Holy Spirit work in you as you continue to say, Lord, here I am. Amen? He says... A shift is taking place in this church. An outpouring of the supernatural is beginning. Do you believe that? It says, God will make our foundation so strong and will cause people to be drawn here continually. That God says he and his hand is strongly upon this congregation. And people will be saved. People will be taught the word. People will be filled with the Holy Spirit. People will be healed and delivered. And the church will begin to grow. How many of you have faith for that? How many of you believe that that's part of what God says? Yeah, I think it was spoken through three different mouths and all confirming and, and bouncing off of one another. So I, I believe that. I really do. I believe God wants to do all of that, and he certainly wants to, our church to grow. And so right here, Habakkuk says, look, I'll look up. I need answers. I need a hope. I need a vision for life. So I'm going to look to the Lord who can give it to me, and I'm going to wait on him to speak to me. And then the, verse 3, excuse me, verse 2, God tells Habakkuk, do this. Write my answer plainly. Write it plainly. 
In other words, don't complicate God's vision for your life. Simplify. God doesn't speak in weird, crazy equations. He's true. He's real. He's honest. He's relational. So he speaks clear. And he gives us vision for our life. He gives us vision for our church. He gives us vision. And he says, write it down. Write it down once so you don't forget it. Right? So I would encourage you what God is speaking to you, what God speaks to you over this year, write it down so you don't forget it. But then also understand this, don't try to overthink it, thus overcomplicating it. Just write it down the way it's given to you. Just write it down plainly. And God will, God has something to say to you. God has a plan to reveal to you. God has, a, has some things he wants to do in your life, no doubt, no question. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, write it plainly. Don't complicate God's vision. So, for our church, I'll try not to complicate it for you today. Try to make it as plain as can be. And then uh, last week, how many of you were here last Sunday? If you weren't, don't, don't feel bad about not raising your hand. You just weren't here. Don't worry about it. But God, God challenged us with something. He challenged us with this. He said, call your shot. Be bold in calling your shot for your life in the direction that you believe. Last week was just kind of a setup for today. Call your shot. Be willing to point in the direction you believe God wants to take you and where God wants, wants your life to go. And be willing to be bold about that. Make a bold declaration and make a bold statement and be bold in your, in your, in your movement of moving forward with him. Don't, 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 be, don't, don't apologize for where God wants to take you. Don't apologize for what God wants to do for you. Don't, don't, don't minimize the bigness and the greatness of the vastness of what God can do. He can take a broken life and make it whole again. He does it every single day of the week, 24-7, right now, somewhere in this nation, somewhere in this country, somewhere in this world, somebody's getting saved, somebody's getting delivered, somebody's getting healed, they're being raised up out of the bed who had cancer in their life, somebody's marriage is being restored somewhere somebody is answering the call to Jesus Christ to serve him to love him somewhere somebody is saying yes Lord like Isaiah here am I you can count on me you can send me somebody in here right now is getting a hold of God's vision for your life and your heart is jumping your heart is pounding your knees are shaking and your palms are getting sweaty because you know God is real and he's speaking to you right now because you know you don't want your life to stay the same. You want greater things that God has. You want bigger things that God has. You want the greater things of the kingdom of God to be strong and to be evident in your life. That you're not satisfied with how it is or how it was. No, you want to go ahead and set your sight and, 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 and get your vision and your focus on what can be. Friends, God is not done with America. He is not done with our country. He is not done with his church. No, this is the greatest time. Isaiah said, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you because God has bigger plans. You think he's going to let the devil win this thing? You think he's going to allow darkness to prevail over the kingdom of light? No. 
You think he's satisfied when your lives are broken? Absolutely not. You think God is happy when you don't love him? No. So what's he going to do? He's got a vision. He's got a plan. He has a purpose. So what is it? Well, just like what God is saying, it's based on what God is saying. I want to tell you this, that I certainly believe that God really wants our church to grow. And it's not about having big numbers. It's not about having a lot of people in a service. Friend, please don't hear that when I talk about God wants our church to grow because when our church grows, here's what happens. His church grows. You see, he's the pastor of every church on this planet. He's the great chief shepherd of every congregation assembled, known and unknown, on this planet. And friends, he has people in mind uh, that how he wants to reach them, how he wants to teach them, and how he wants to lead their life as their shepherd. And friends, we are just one small fish in this great big pond. But I do believe he has a vision for our church, and that vision certainly includes our church growing. Because that means there must be more people that you and I as New Life Church are called to reach and teach and lead in the name of Jesus Christ. There are more people who are hurting who need help. There are more people who are sabotaged by sin who need to know love and forgiveness. There are more people whose lives are chaotic and out of step who need somebody to walk alongside of them and disciple them and show them, if you'll do it this way, by God's word, by this time next year, you won't be where you were this year. How many of you glad you're not where you were last year? And I know we're not all where we're going to be, but it, we're sure heading in that direction. Amen? That part of our purpose over, over the next couple of years is this, is we're going to be developing some stronger ministries. Now, stronger ministries means we need stronger leaders. We need stronger leaders. And so we have a plan in place where we are creating opportunity, system, segue, if you will, in order to reinforce and strengthen our existing leaders in our church, as well as recruiting new leaders and raising them up, a.k.a. you. Because last time I checked, in the New Testament, the ones who are called to be equipped by a pastor is the people. And so I want you to know, more than ever, I'm anting myself up here and saying I'm putting myself at a higher risk by saying I'm committed to developing stronger leaders. So what I've started this, we started this month, meeting with our main staff. We've got about 10 of us, 11 of us, out of that main staff, only about five of us actually work at the church. The rest, God love you, they're volunteers. But they treat it like their job. They're always doing something. They're making ministry happen. But I committed to them. We're meeting monthly. And I'm pouring into them, teaching them, training them, empowering them, equipping them, and releasing them 
And here's what they in turn are going to be doing. They're going to be doing the same with you and others. What that means is this. We're, we're, we, we are developing a thing called team night. Team night. And so all, the, all our leaders and our staff who are leading a ministry, then what they're going to do is meet with their teams. And it's not a business meeting. First of all, it revolves around relationship. And it revolves around becoming a stronger person in Christ. And it revolves around being a stronger leader in the church. I have a window open in that room. If you're wondering, is there a ghost? The Holy Ghost. What that means is this, is that as we are develop, as we're developing stronger ministries, we're developing stronger leaders. And so they're going to be meeting with you throughout the year at different times. We're going to hear more and more about that over this next month. And this up, up February, March, we're going to be talking a whole lot about that. So if you're not at church, then that means, okay, we're going to have to call you going to have to take you out to eat and sit down and explain it all to you. No, I'm just joking, okay? But in essence, here's what I'm saying. What is God saying to us? What is his vision for us? To grow. How do we grow? Become stronger within. That's how you grow. That's how you get healthy. You first get stronger within. And so as an organization, as a church, that's what we're doing. We're becoming stronger within. So we're committed to you, church. We want you to know that. As a staff, as a, as a team, we're committed to you to becoming stronger leaders. And then we're also putting the bar of expectation out there. We want you to become stronger leaders. Because here's the thing. The more leaders there are in an organization, the stronger it can become. The more leaders there are in God's church, the stronger the church can become. And it, uh, listen, when you hear leader, don't, don't think title. Don't think position. Because it has nothing to do with that. Leader is this, in essence, is coming up to the level of life that you know God is calling you to live. At home, on the job, as a parent, as a spouse, as a disciple. Really, disciple is it, and then everything else funnels out of that. You following me? Church, God wants our church to grow. How do we grow? We become stronger within. So, what's this whole vision thing about? How do I get vision for my life? God, I, I need some answers. I need some clarity. I need, I need some outlook, God. What are you able to do? What is the, what's the power of what you can do in my life? Look up. Wait on him to speak to you. Write it down. And then be patient with him to work some stuff out. See, if you're in a relationship and it's not good, it's not going to be fixed at the snap of a finger. You're going to have to be patient and let God work some stuff out in your significant other. 
Don't be God to them. Don't be judge and jury to them. Don't hold the gavel down to them. You release them to the Lord. And you give God time to work it out. But it ain't working out as fast as I want it to. Yeah, I get that. Most things don't. But if you'll be patient and let God work on it, while you're waiting on Him, He's saying, you need to also be working on you because last time I checked, ain't nobody perfect. Last time I checked, not every, no one's arrived. Even the Apostle Paul said it. I have not gotten there yet. I've made my share of mistakes, but even in my old age and in all of this of what I've done for God, I realize I still have to forget what lies behind and press toward what lies ahead. Amen? So here's what I want to tell you. The church will grow. As the church will grow, I want to tell you this. Your life, hear me, your life will grow. That sounds like good sales pitch. I'm telling you, it is nothing about that. I'm just telling you how the gospel of Jesus Christ works. Your life will grow. You'll look up and look back and you'll be like, man, look at what God has done. Do I want things to be faster and more ahead than what they are as a church? You know I do. But I'm so glad that we were patient to allow God to form some things and shape some things and prepare some things. While in so doing, prepare me. By the goodness and grace of God, I'm not the same leader I was 10 years ago when I came to this church. And I'm not the same leader I was just two years ago when we moved here. There's a whole lot of lesson learned in life. And friends, when you go through hardships, when you go through trials, when you go through tribulations, when you go through things that don't make any sense and people you once walked hand in hand with are no longer with you and you begin to wonder, am I even going in the right direction? And God says, what did I tell you to begin with? And you go back. That's why you write it down. And he begins to make things clear, Max. Jeremy, he begins to make life a whole lot clearer when we look up. And we start to grow from within. And so... Your life will grow. The church will grow. What can you do? You might be sitting there asking today, what can I do? What does this have to do with me and our church? It means this right here. It means God is saying, I want you to be actively engaged in the mission of the church now and prepare yourself to grow with the church as it moves forward. Be placed, God says, I want you to be placed where I want you and where you're needed. And when you see yourself there and you find yourself there, here's what happens. Look at this statement on the screen. The very last thing. Abracadabra. You don't have it? It says this. You will wait to see what I have to say. You see it? 
Now I'll say it. Here it goes. Your vision for life, hear me, your vision for life will come together as you commit your life to God and His house. Your vision for life will come together as you commit yourself to God and His house. I believe that 100. No, I believe that 200%. Because I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, and you can't convince me that the church has nothing to do with what God wants to do in your life. The church has everything to do with what God wants to do in your life. Because the church is not about some service, some, some organized coming together. It's bigger than that. Anybody ever heard of Billy Graham? Friends, if you look over here to your right, my left, you're right. Here comes. No, I'm just teasing. He's not coming in here. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of Campus Crusade for Christ? Bill bright. How about Young Life Ministries? Their founder, Jim Rayburn, or Navigators. Anybody ever remember Navigators? Founder Dawson Trotman, and then some of you might if, if you're into history a little bit. Former Senate Chaplain Richard Halverson. Here's the thing I want to ask you. What do all those people have in common? They have one person in common. Her name is Henrietta Mears. Anybody ever heard of Henrietta Mears? I hadn't either until I read the story. Henrietta Mears moved from Minnesota to Hollywood, California when she was 38 years old. Henrietta Mears was all these people's Sunday school teacher. She was the Sunday school teacher at First Presbyterian Church in Hollywood, California for four decades, 40 years. Her mission for that Sunday school class was to build a Sunday school class from cradle to the grave, to see everyone who ever come through her doors and sat in her presence to always live and serve Jesus Christ no matter what. She had 6,500 students in her care. Talk about a church growing. She never reached the millions on her own, but she reached one who reached the millions. If you add everybody up in, these, in this line of everyone they've ever led to Christ, we can't, can't count high enough. It's, it's high. Millions upon millions of souls. Because one person said, God, your vision for my life Whatever it is, I'll do it. One person reached one who in turn reached millions. Think about if she never would have picked up from Minnesota and moved to Hollywood at 38, she might have missed or she would have missed impacting world-renowned gospel leaders. She made it her mission because it was God's vision. So what can you do? What can I do? You and I, 
we can commit ourselves to be faithful to God's vision for our life. Let me just tell you this. Why would you not want to? It's better than us trying to dream up our own vision because our own vision, that means we're going to have to supply our own resources, supply our own ability to make it happen. But if, God, if it's God's vision you're living for, God will supply. God will bring it together. He is a fulfiller of vision. You have in your seat or right next to you a card. And I don't want you to do anything with it right now, but I, other than I want you to get it and hold on to it. It has a front and it has a back. And we're asking every person here today before you leave today to please fill this out and there is a box at the connect table that you can turn it in at if you'll take it look at it fill it out and then turn it in before you leave today at the box at the back at the connect table that is just a small step today to start in the direction of where God wants to take you See, oftentimes we don't avail ourselves to other people because we have our own problems. And if we're honest, we'll realize our problems are always going to be around. They're just going to change. But God is the unchanging God who helps us walk through and navigate through the problems of life. And if any of us were honest, we could look over our shoulder and think back in our memory. There was somebody somewhere who God used to help us. Friend, that's all. That's what this is about. You might not have 6,500 people in your care like Henrietta Mears, but I know there's somebody that God wants to use you for to impact their life because, hey, we just never know. They might go on to be the next whomever, and only God knows. And I sure would hate to miss an opportunity like that let's stand